0: Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ. Call Cheryl now with your questions about gardening or landscaping at 512-836-0590 pound 590 on your wireless or toll free 1-877-590-KLBJ Hello Happy
1: New Year Here we are <clears throat> Start of another year it is it's just so pretty this weekend. I'm Keep hearing about this, this wind and what have you coming today. I don't know when that's supposed to happen. I guess later on today, but um, yeah. So be careful what you got laying around, so it's not going blowing around down the road. Um, but otherwise, it's not, un, you know, uncomfortably cold or anything like that. It's really pretty nice. I don't know about y'all, but I got a really good rain Tuesday. And another little rain Friday, so I'm I'm real happy with that. It, it was good hard rain at my place, and um, I hope y'all got some, too. Anyway, I'm Cheryl McLaughlin. This is the Austin Gardener, and you are welcome to join the show. Call or text 512-836-0590, uh, and we also have a toll-free line if y'all need that, and it's 877-590-5525, so again... Call or text 512-836-0590, and then toll-free line 877-590-5525. Do you know I still have a white mist flower just blooming its head off? Uh, Noticed it yesterday. I was like, I thought they were done, but mine is not done. It's just wonderful to see it out there. Um, everything's doing pretty well. Uh, I, I know there's been a lot of discussion today about um, citrus and, you know, whether you can or can't plant them in the ground. And, you know, Jeff uh, Jeff's always right on about his uh, vegetable and fruit information. However, I do have clients that have lemons in the ground, and they're big. And my daughter had that... I don't know how big it is now because it got, the top got frozen off during the big freeze. Um, a grapefruit tree, right? And it is, it got huge, produced more grapefruit than you could even imagine. So it's possible to do it. And one uh, listener, texter, sent in a picture of his um, greenhouse thing that he built and what it is is a, uh, a really, you know, simple PVC uh, cover that he can put around his in-ground lemon trees. He, he's got Meyer improved lemons and they get hundreds of lemons each year. And he uses polyethylene plastic covered uh, over this uh, frame, a very simple PVC frame. And then if it gets really, really cold, uh, they put an extension cord out and heat lamps underneath them. And he says it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. And so, yes, it can be done. Um, so also consider, though, a very protected spot if you're going to do this, In a spot where you could create a little greenhouse or something around them. If you wanted to, but if you had a little like L-shaped area on the south side of your house protected from the north wind, uh, again, like Jeff said, against a stone wall, something that would radiate some warmth um, during the night, that would be the ideal situation. But uh, lemons are pretty, they're pretty easy, actually. And then as he said, Setsuma, oranges are pretty cold tolerant. But to be 100% safe, yeah, most of your stuff should be in containers and you'd be able to bring it in the garage or your greenhouse or something like that. Um, but I would like to hear from people who do have some success. I had a client. Now, I haven't seen him in several years, but I had a client that had a lime tree in the middle of her backyard up on the rocky you know, areas of town, and that thing was big. I mean, it It was probably eight or 10 feet across and six feet tall. I don't know whether it made it through snowpocalypse, though. I'd love to know that. But uh, she had had that thing for many, many years. And her yard was kind of protected. It had bushy growth all around the perimeter. Um, but that lime tree was just super successful. So you never know. It's like he said, you just get got to get lucky, huh? So, let's see. Here's a text. Um, <clears throat> Hi, Cheryl. Given freezing temperatures forecasted in the whole country, do you recommend delaying planting uh, on uh, onion plants and other cold-weather plants? I probably would. I probably would wait because typically, Um, putting out starch, you would have either done that earlier in the fall or wait till, like, February, um, you know, maybe anywhere from February to mid-March to put out your onion sets. You could try, but you might just have to protect them, right? Um, So that that would be my best information on that. Uh, Here's another text. Remind me again when should I prune my autumn sage? Um, I every about three years ago, on uh, three years or so on autumn sage, which is Salvia gregii, uh, I would cut mine to the ground because they'll get those big old woody stems coming up. After about three years or so, you can just cut it back to a little nub if you want to. There's always going to be a little new growth in the center. Of the plant, you want to leave that, so you could cut that thing back. Um, you know, probably I'd I'd say late February if you need to cut it hard, um, because as an evergreen, if you cut it now, you might stimulate new growth, and then if we get a hard freeze, you might it might hurt that new growth, right? So, I think I'd probably leave them alone. Um, if they have those little sticks all over the top of them, you could you know knock those off. But otherwise, I think I'd wait till the end of February, especially if I had to do a real hard cutting on them that way the the um, the sap is beginning to rise again, so any cuts would heal over real quickly, and then that would be healthier for it, but that's just me. Okay, 512-836-0590. Call or text. And the toll-free line is 877-590-5525. Let's check some other texts here. Hello, and Happy New Year. Oh, man, how pretty is that? Uh, hello, and Happy New Year from Hannah, Jeff, Elle and Chris. This isn't mine, but in Santa Rita, north of 29, where I delivered that day on New Year's Eve. Love the show. Wow. Purple petunias just in full bloom. Absolutely gorgeous. New Year's Eve. and These other plants and the beautiful roses blooming. And I was out at my friend's house, uh, Christmas Day, and her roses were blooming. You know, th- they weren't completely covered with roses, but all of them had some roses on them. So I think what happens is we go that long without water, right? So they're extremely stressed. Then all of a sudden we get a a, a good little bit of rain and then nice kind of warm temperatures, and everything just goes, hey, <laughs> It's time to, it's time to bloom. Let's get going again. Let's make up for lost time. So, I think that's what happened. But uh, yeah, we've had a pretty mild so far, pretty mild uh, winter and late fall. So, a lot of stuff is still going. But these roses that you sent me pictures of are beautiful. I don't know what kind they are, but they're kind of pink and corally colored. Blooms, Coral's like one of my very favorite, favorite colors, uh, especially in roses. But, uh, you know, and I saw a purple lantana in full bloom uh, so right in my own neighborhood the other day, and it just looks like nothing's ever happened to it. So, okay, well, let's get that first break going on, and we'll be back right after this.
0: Welcome to The Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, we are back. And if you would like to join the show, 512 836 0590, call or text. Um, Hey, I need to remind you that if you want a landscaping project done this spring, you need to be calling landscapers now. And, of course, I'm going to suggest you call Kevin Wood Landscapes. Uh, You can go to the website. It's KevinWoodLandscapes.com. And there's a contact page on there. Look at all the pretty pictures. and. I was talking to Michael a couple of days ago, who's running things now, and he said they are busy. They are staying busy. Even though it's winter, they are busy because a lot of construction projects go on in the winter, um, which is, you know, so great. I mean, who wants to lay stone when it's 108? But we do it, but it's a lot better for the guys. But anyway... No matter who you use, you should be contacting them now, uh, because if you you know if you think about it, it takes a while to get a design done and you know bids and revisions and what have you, and then get you on the schedule. So, do not wait until March to call your landscaper because it's not going to work out for you. Um, a good landscape company needs lead time, and they'll all be busy. Um, and I cannot tell you how many times we've gotten those calls in March. I need this project done, you know, in two weeks, and we just have to say, I'm sorry, we cannot do that. So think ahead, think ahead. Um, okay, here is a text. Hi, I planted eight Nellie Stephen Holly plants about two months ago. They're about two feet tall. They're not doing much and some of the green leaves are starting to yellow. Any suggestions for that? Thanks. Okay, if they're just planted two months ago, they're not gonna show much top growth uh, yet because what they're doing is working on their root zone, right, their root establishment, if you will. Um, And the other thing is you don't wanna overwater them. Uh, Sometimes yellow leaves are a sign of overwatering so just you know, be sure and stick your hand down in there and make sure uh, that it, it's not too wet because I don't know what y'all's soil is like, right? You might have poorly drained soil, in which case a little water is going to go a long way, especially in the cold months, right, when they're not actively growing. Um, however, once we get past freeze danger in the spring— If you need to, you can fertilize them with a time release organic fertilizer um, that is nitrogen, you know, heavier on the nitrogen, which is the first number on the bag, like 824 would be a good number, something like that. And you can throw down some of that uh, fertilizer. But the other thing to remember is that even evergreens lose leaves sometimes, they have to lose leaves sometimes. So it's a little leaf yellowing here or there. It's not necessarily a bad thing because they're baby plants, right? So even uh, freezing might uh, cause a little bit of damage since you've only had them in a couple of months. But keep your eye on them, and again, don't overwater them. But if we're fixing to get a hard freeze and there's no water with it, uh, no rain or what have you, and... um, you don't want to let them get bone dry. You want to make sure they're mulched and that you water them before a hard freeze that is not accompanied by uh, rain, okay? And that goes for pretty much all plants. Uh, you just That's one of the things that can really uh, give you trouble if they are bone dry going into a hard freeze, right? Uh, let's see here. Uh, somebody sent me a picture. Let me look at it right quick. Okay, let's see, get back up here. Uh, hey, Cheryl, I have a dead poodle legustrum that I have cut off the bottom portion of it. What kind of a vine or flowering vine then I can put to fill up the top section of the legustrum? It's surrounded by boxwoods at the bottom. I only get about two or three hours of morning sun, and I'm looking for a pretty flower a uh, p- pretty flowering vine. Can you advise? Oh, boy, there's so many good vines. You could do coral honeysuckle. That's a native vine. It doesn't have a scent, but it's wonderful for hummingbirds. And I see you've got a chair out there on your front porch. Um, and what she's talking about is basically a topiary ligustrum. Uh It was cut up into a kind of a formal shape, but it evidently died because they are evergreen, and this has no leaves on it whatsoever. You could also do a passion vine. Um, that would be lovely on there, too. And again, the butterflies, now they'll, you know, those caterpillars will eat that passion flower vine, so you just got to be ready for that. Um, but that would be a good thing. Um, also, you could do something like Carolina jessamine, uh, that would be a yellow vine. It only blooms once in the spring, though, so I mean it's a flash in the pan, in my personal opinion. Um, whereas something like the coral honeysuckle will just keep going and blooming and blooming all all the time. Um, and of course, the passion flower blooms a lot as well. If I think of something else, I'll let you know. But uh, that those would be kind of since you only get two or three hours of sun. There's a lot of vines that want. A lot more than that, so I'm not necessarily suggesting them, and it's not going to be a strong enough uh, trellis, if you will, for a very uh, woody type vine. So you need something that's kind of a little bit more delicate, if you will. So it's not terribly heavy because those those little branches on there they're gonna they're not going to last forever, right? If that thing's dead, they're going to start breaking off. But then you could just go in there with a really pretty trellis, like a metal trellis or something. Uh, We build those all the time, but you can also buy some really cool ones and, you know, actually have a trellis there for a vine. And in in that case, you could get a, a lot stronger of a vine, like a star jasmine or something, which would be so scented and lovely there. All right, let's go to the phone lines, and if you all want to join, 512-836-0590. Let's go to Wimberley. Francisco, how's it going? Hi, Cheryl. Hey. Nice talking to you. Yeah, what's going on out there?
2: No, Not much. i just wondering if it's kind of late for uh, um, to plant um, um, uh, flowers, like seasonal flowers for the fall, like dentists uh, and something like that.
1: Well, it, you know, it kind of depends. It's a dicey time to plant small plants. There are some good cold hardy plants, though. Um, things like cyclamen, if you're interested in annuals like that, just for color, cyclamens right. they're they're good. They're they're pretty cold hardy. I love dianthus, and it is also fond of cooler weather. But I'd probably look at you know waiting until late February or something like that. And you'll you'll see it in the nurseries then. Uh, so that's when you know it's a good time to plant it.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of noticed they, uh, they came in kind of late uh, um, for the season because I was waiting on those. Mm-hmm. But I had to go to Mexico,
1: I had to um,
2: go for an emergency. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have the chance to get them.
1: Well, you might just, you know, don't get little tiny starts of stuff, Francisco. If you're going to start something, make sure it's got a good root system, like at least a one gallon size plant, and mulch it really well. And again, if we're going to get a hard freeze and we don't have rain with it, uh, make sure they're, you know, they're watered in really well. And then if you have to, you might, you know, be prepared to cover them a little bit, you know, to throw down some... Row cover or some, uh, you know, blankets or something like that. If if it gets really bad,
2: right. But so if you're what seeing what the kind of uh, flowers you you told me about?
1: The, first uh, one? the, the little cyclamen, c y c l a m e n cyclamen. They're they're alpine plants and they're beautiful and they come in different colors. And they're just one of my go-tos. Mama always used to plant winter pansies. And this picture somebody sent me a while ago is a a big blooming fall of of, um, uh, uh, petunias, which I wouldn't have expected. I don't think they'll last through a hard freeze, though. Uh, but there are oh, okay. also some native stuff blooming, like purple is still blooming now, and it blooms. It'll bloom in January too, February. It'll bloom all, off and on all year.
2: Oh, okay, and that's called uh, purple lantana.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's oh, a okay. perennial. That's a that's that one'll be around permanently. So that might be worth your money. All right. Okay, well, sounds good. Okay, well, thank you for calling. I hope I helped you. you. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, 512-836-0590. Let's see. Uh, Good morning, Cheryl. Love your program. What is your opinion of the FJ Select Variety of St. Augustine grass? We live midway between Austin and San Antonio, under live oaks and cedar ohms on the borderline between the Blackland Prairie and the Post Oak Savannah. Uh, I don't know that uh, grass. I have not heard of that FJ Select variety. Uh, I ha- hope somebody listening can give us uh, some info on that um, because, it, it, you know, they're always coming out with new... Varieties of grasses and it's been a while since I bought any st. Augustine myself So I'm not really sure what the FJ select variety is about if anybody knows please chime in I'd I'd love to have some feedback Uh, But in general if you're buying from a local uh, grass provider That's where you're going to get your best information Uh, like King Ranch Turf. I don't know who's in your area that provides uh, the turf, where you're going to buy it. But I would ask them if they have, you know, sold a lot of it, if anybody else, uh, any of their customers that they sold it to, you could see their yards or talk to them about it. Um, That would be another good way to get some good feedback about it. But I am not familiar with it. Um, I'll try to read up on it if I get a minute. It's hard for me to look stuff up, but I'll try. Um, but if anybody listening has this variety, then I would love to hear from you. Okay, time for the news. We'll be back right after this.
0: Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back
1: you want to join in, 512-836-0590. Call or text. And I did look up the FJ Select turf grass. So it says here, Texas A&M University at trials conducted at College Station ranked FJ Select as the number one commercial St. Augustine in overall turf grass quality. This new warm season turf with improved stolen density, forms a soft cushion for all your lawn activities and slower blade growth for less mowing activity. FJ Select has excellent green color retention, dense horizontal stolen growth for a soft cushion, good tolerance of Texas heat and moderate shade. Uh, The characteristics, drought tolerance, good, heat tolerance, good, cold tolerance, excellent, Shade tolerance good, wear resistance fair, mowing height two to three inches. So it does sound like a really good um, new sod. Of A and M always does good trials on these things. Uh, It's not cheap. Um, I'm seeing it offered for about two hundred forty five dollars for a pallet, which will cover about. 450 square feet. But, yeah, it sounds like it might be worth a good try. Okay, here's another text. When is a good time to plant hollyhock seeds? Best time to plant the hollyhock seeds is about a week before your last freeze date, which is about the third week of March for us, typically. So you could be planting those hollyhock seeds directly into the ground I would say the second week of March Um, you can also start the seeds indoors if you want to get a little bit of head start on them and then as soon as freeze danger is passed you could stick them out in the yard but that's the best time if you're going to direct seed them into the ground Um, I'd say about the second week of March I love them Uh, I hate it when we get these emails from the random places that have no bearing on gardening shows. Uh, Oh, snapdragons for cold weather. Ah, good call. That would be another one. Uh, Another good, I love snapdragons also. That's a really good idea. Okay, so good suggestion. Thank you, listener. Um, listening, learning, loving, Papa Jobby. Oh, what a cute picture. He always sends me cute stuff. So, Okay, 512-836-0590. Um, you can call or text that number, and then you can go 877-590-5525. Uh, so, again, we're expecting some windy weather later on, I guess, today. Uh, so... You want to be sure that you have definitely tied down your coverings. If you've got row cover over your plants, like Jeff said, it'll just turn into a sail. It'll be flapping in the wind, so you need to be sure that it's weighted down really well with rocks. Um, look around and make sure you don't have things that'll go sailing around in the heavy wind. Um, <clears throat> I always pull my lawn chairs up against the house when I know we're getting a hard wind um, coming and just, you know, make some less, you know, available for sailing (laughs) across the the way. But things like trash cans, you know, if you've got pots out there just laying around, uh, you know, from plants that you planted, what have you, uh, that would be, uh, it would be something to look at. So look around the house, make sure you don't have any things that's gonna go flying around. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Let's head to Kyle. Hello, Russell. How are you doing? Uh pretty good. This is the one, the Organic Garden Club, Russell. Hey, how how is it going out there? I haven't talked to you in a while.
2: Yeah, been quite a while. Talk about a lemon tree, a key lime trees. Oh yeah. Well, uh, first I had about six, seven of them in pots. Well, is nearly thirty-five years old. Wow. Even, no more than five feet tall. Dang. Uh, uh, master Garden down in Zilkertown Garden, the old greenhouse. Uh-huh. They had key lime trees and grapefruit trees back there and back. Wow. I don't know how many years I had
1: it. I always had fruit. It froze, but keep kind of having fruit. I'll be turned. Well, do you believe in what Jeff was saying about heavy fertilizing, like fertilizing them every month or something? Is that what you do? Ooh. Sometimes. Sometimes go a couple months. Uh huh. But I got two of my key lime trees.
2: Got the key limes on them now, and more flowers. Ooh! But I'm getting ready to trim, a bunch of them down. It's getting a little too hard to tear them on a greenhouse.
1: Yeah. I mean, in my garden. Getting it too big. Well, I'm what kind of into a garage? What kind of fertilizer do you use, Russell? Uh, fish, marsh, seaweed. Mm-hmm. That's what I would have thought. That's excellent. Well, you're just high in limes. You must be giving away limes if you've got that many trees.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I do. My neighbor's here loves me, <laughs> just like my tomatoes. Oh, a I, I, I wish I, I <laughs> had so many
1: tomatoes. I give big bags to my neighbors, honey. Oh my gosh, that that sounds like my daughter when that grapefruit tree started producing. She literally was like it. It was like the sneaky basket of fruit on the unsuspecting neighbor's front porch. <laughs> just get rid of it.
2: <laughs> that's what a lot of my neighbors say. Why well, I sell all the fruit I grow? So I just
1: like giving away. I just like to grow them and give them away. Well, yeah, that's what you do. That's your hobby, I would imagine, yeah. right? Oh yeah. Well, I'm so glad that- you called, Russell and I'll try to let you know how I do next year. Yeah, let me know how it's going. All right, so, well, take care of yourself. So thank you. All right, sir. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Russell is such an expert. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, it's good to hear from him because he'll he'll call in when I don't know something and help me out every time. All right, 512-836-0590. Call or text that number. I would also remind you that this is when... The nurseries are going to be getting in their bare root fruits, uh, so you know. Find out what works in your county by going to AgriLife, A G R I Life, whatever county y'all live in, and put that in there, and then look for the recommended varieties of fruits and vegetables for your area because um, you know every county is a little bit different, and. The cultivars that they recommend are ones that have been tried and true by master gardeners in the various counties. So if you're going shopping for you know, fruit and nut trees too, pecans and stuff like that, be sure that you check and make sure that you know which varieties are, are best for your, your area, your county, uh, because it, it matters a lot. Chill hours, mainly, you know, that's something you really have to watch for. Uh, and I went on the AgriLife Travis County website, uh, I guess it was last week or the week before, and I looked at all these different varieties of things that are recommended. And, you know, and they'll tell you the chill hours and everything, pears, plums, peaches, pecan trees, uh, you know, jujubes, grapes. You can get uh, hardwood grape cuttings as this time of year, so definitely look to make sure that you're buying the things that are most recommended for your area, and that way you'll just be a lot more successful, and I have known people, I I had a, um, a friend that had a plum called Meredith, and she planted that plum because her daughter, when she had her second daughter, she named her Meredith, so she thought, well, how sweet, I'll just plant a Meredith plum. That thing put out so many plums you couldn't believe it. And that was the only plum tree she had, so it must have been self pollinating. So that's something to consider. Gary, you'll be next right after this. Let's get this break done.
0: Welcome to The Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM.
1: Okay, we are back. Let's go straight to the phone lines. Hey, Gary, South Austin, it's your turn. He-
3: Hello, Cheryl. I sure love your show. Listen to it uh, every Sunday. Well, thank you. Uh, I had to share a quick story. You were talking to that other gentleman about, you know, sharing the produce that mm-hmm. you, the fruits that you grow. We lived in about 20 minutes north of Des Moines. I'm a native Texan, but we lived up there for a number of years. <laughs> and... Uh, it was an unincorporated area. There were about eighteen homes, and everybody had to have at least five acres. And the house on the corner, uh, they had three full-grown Honeycrisp apple trees.
1: Oh, my and favorite! Y-
3: you talk about a happy neighborhood. Of course, you know the deer ate all the apples up to about I don't know six feet or thereabouts. <laughs> but but that whole neighborhood ate more Honeycrisp apples. Uh, than the law should allow. Anyway, I just thought I'd share that.
1: That is so amazing. I have become hooked on Honeycrisp apples for my my grandsons. Love them. And I always have. I have a, three of them in my refrigerator right now. So I would have well, loved I, that.
3: I'll tell you what. Uh, I've got a dear, dear friend. Went to A&M with him. He's a Ph.D. in entomology. World-renowned for apples and cherry management. Mm. And he was saying, if you like Honeycrisp, get ready because they're going away. Um, So start, if you go to your, like H, I went to H-E-B and asked the produce guy, I said, what's the apple that's, going to be taking over for Honeycrisp, and one of them is called a Cinnamon Crisp, and another one's called a something else, and I asked my buddy, I said, well, Jerry, what's the deal? And he goes, they, they just don't transport well. Too many of them, uh, you know, get bruised easily in transport. Huh. So he said, They're good. He said p- p- uh, the Big Apple producers are replacing their Honeycrisp trees with this new variety that apparently does travel much better.
1: What do you know? Well,
3: yeah, yeah pretty amazing.
1: Always a better mousetrap, I guess. Yep. But, anyway, yeah. Anyway, God bless you. Have, well, have a good day. Thank you so much for calling. I appreciate it. Bye bye. Bye now. Okay, we have lines open 512 836 0590. That is the call or text line. And I want to take another minute to remind you to um, consider using Kevin Wood Landscapes for your landscaping projects. Um, you'll see the pictures on the website, and that website is KevinWoodLandscapes.com. Uh, so you can go on there and you can send a contact form. And again, with as with all good landscaping companies, lead time is important um, because if you want a really well thought out design, uh, you know, somebody has to come and measure, photograph, get your, uh, you know... Uh, Survey plot, which is then input into the CAD program, uh, but then we have to still locate trees and you know our other feature on there that we have to consider, and take a bunch of photographs, and that all that has to be input, and then of course meeting with you, the client, to find out what your needs are and what you're, what you like, what you don't like, and it's always good if you do have you know kind of what I like to call fetish pictures. Of things that you like um we'll ask you about that you know do you have a sample of what you'd like your yard to look like uh, but even if you don't you know that's not a problem a good designer can come up with something based on your input of course but people are funny about stuff like color uh, scent you know just there's all kind of things that i always like to ask people Um, what colors do you hate or, you know, what colors do you love? And it's just, you know, all over the map. So anyway, all that has to be taken into consideration. And then when you finally reach an agreement on the design and the bid and, you know, your budget is important, um, you know, because sometimes you'll walk around a yard with people and I can remember – uh, asking, you know, or saying to them, well, you know, everything that you're saying that you want in this landscape could cost, you know, X amount of dollars. And a lot of times they'd be shocked. Um, they would realize, so it's, you know, you got to work with people. You got to know, you know, what, what their budget is and help them work out a budget because things are more expensive than they used to be for sure. Especially labor and uh, materials have gone up a lot too just like everything else so you may be surprised at the cost of some of these projects however we always like to work with people as as far as like okay well we can phase this out you know we can do what is your most important thing what's bothering you the most about your landscape you know and that's where I would like to start you know I always ask people, "What's what's bugging you the most?" You know, and sometimes it'll be a view corridor, privacy screen, what have you, um, or just you know certain areas that they look at every day that look terrible. So anyway, long-winded way to say, uh, get get in touch with your landscapers, and I hope you'll consider Kevin Wood Landscapes. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Go to North Austin. Hello, Mary. How's it going? Hi. Hi. I have a quick odd
4: question. Or maybe a good question for some people. Um, I am I have lots of blue bonnets coming up in my yard and front beds because my neighbor planted blue bonnets a number of years ago, and I'm getting you know all the seed, and it's it's just beautiful. So cool. my question is, they're so thick in my garden. Should I thin them out? Would they look better if I thin them out? I mean, it is a carpet.
1: Wow. I don't know. You know, they do what they want, right? I mean, they go where they want. They they, they germinate when they want to. And it sounds like they have found paradise in your garden. Um, I think they'll be fine if you don't uh, thin them. But you could. You know, you could try digging some of them up, maybe even moving them around a little bit, you know, if you wanted to. There, I mean, there are so many. I could invite the whole neighborhood to come pick some up. <laughs> you do lucky dog. Affect,
4: yeah. Do they affect, like, the other plants in the garden? You know, like I have Greg Smith's flower and lion's tail and, uh, you know, purple verbena.
1: No. Well, they don't My negatively mana. affect them, and, and again, they're just annuals, so uh, if you want them to come back next year, of course, you're going to have to let them go to seed, and that yeah. can be a scraggly, okay. ugly-looking situation. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. And if you Every don't care, is, but, uh. you can, you know, not let them go to seed and just go ahead and as soon as the, the seed starts to form, you could just weed them down or pull them or whatever. Yeah.
4: So, but they are nitrogen-fixing plants. They are uh, correct. Yeah. So is that so? That's actually positive. for That's the, a very garden, positive right? thing.
1: Absolutely. Okay. All
4: right. So, well, I may clear out a few so I can walk through my stepping stones. You know.
1: Shit, girl. Well, when they uh, bloom this spring, I'll send you a picture because oh, it's Please amazing. do. Please do. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for calling. All right. Bye bye. Uh-huh. Now, that's a good problem to have right there. And I think I mentioned last week about a client I had, uh, again, a few years ago. And I went over to his house to look at some kind of landscaping project. And it was blue bonnets coming up even in the cracks of his driveway. I mean, that guy had so many blue bonnets that I I don't think I'd ever seen the likes of it. in just a residential, you know, lot. And they loved it there. And that's what you'll find out. You know, plants like to put themselves where they're appreciated, (laughs) where they appreciate it, right? So she's, and how cool, she didn't even have to plant them. Her neighbor did all that for her, and I guess they just went downhill and got in her yard. Uh, But yes, they are nitrogen-fixing plants, but again, they're annuals. Uh, And you know, you can buy them in starts, little flats, And that's something you could put out now. Um, Another cold weather plant, I always try to get people to plant them um, in the late fall, but a columbine. If you find a columbine in a container right now in a nursery, I like the yellow ones, um, go ahead and plant that. Because, man, they they lushly grow in the winter and they will bloom and bloom and bloom and bloom in the spring and then they go dormant, Um, but you have to let them go to seed because the mother plant only lives about three years, and if you want to get a colony of them started, then you need to leave your columbines just like your bluebonnets. Let them go to seed, Uh, and I tend to put them back in the back of a bed because the yellow ones get good and tall, and they're blooming before a lot of other stuff comes out. They like the shade so you can plant them up under a tree or something. And then um, once they're, you know, done, then you just let the seed drop and then you can cut them back or just they'll fall over. So, but that's a really good thing. So I would encourage you guys to get out to your nurseries. Uh, It's nice weather for strolling through a nursery and see if you can get you some, you know, trees, some bare root fruit or nut trees or something uh, and pick up some of these cold weather plants. It'll just brighten things up a little bit. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening and for all your good input today. I appreciate it. Again, I'm Cheryl McLaughlin and I will be back with you next Sunday uh, morning at 10. This is 36 years for me, if you can believe it, 36 years on this radio station. I love doing it. And I'll see y'all later. Bye.